Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for, I guess this is episode two and a half of Wrestling with Old School Ideas because I had tweeted out a couple days ago that I was going to be reviewing Starcade 97 as episode three. So anyways, I am, as always, the music man, Colin Scully, and I've got not one, but two special guests in the ring, in the ring, that is also this radio studio. Is it obvious that I'm tired, Marco? It is. All right. If you guys don't know who Marco is, then go back and listen to the show. He did a very entertaining uh, review of Joey Janela's Spring Break 2, <laughs> along with Gibby. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened, Marco, what were your thoughts on Joey Janela's Spring Break 2? I didn't like it at all. I thought it was terrible. Uh, that's my, uh, that's my su- summation. If you want to go back and see my, uh, my thoughts on it, I haven't changed one bit. Uh, I thought it was a terrible show. Um, yeah. That's where yeah. I'm going to leave it because I, right. otherwise I'll get steaming mad talking about it again. All right. And of course, what would be wrestling with ideas at this point in time without the man with no excuses, Jonathan Skews? Well, I'll tell you something right now. I don't like this sorry son of a bitch standing across the table from me. Nah, I'm just kidding. He's all right. Hey, guys. <laughs> man with no excuses on this old school review. Yeah. So, Marco, this is three weeks in the making here after we finally got this. We got we finally got this set up. Today. I know. I can finally get to ask you on air. Why do they call you the music man? Are you some sort of like savant of like all things music? Are well, you like a walking jukebox? Is this see my first my um I had come up with this on episode like I think episode ninety seven mm-hmm. is when I had first started it, and I had said, oh, what the fuck, like because my because. Colin is like C is the first letter. Yes. The first initial of my middle name is D. Okay. C D music. Ah, ah, clever. We had also given him his Dudley boy's name and shortened down to C D Dudley. <laughs> I can't remember what the C and the D stood for right now. Right. I can't remember either. <laughs> but he had his Dudley boy's persona. We made him one. I like what did it. we give you? I was STD. I was ST Dudley or STD for short for sexual tyrannosaur Dudley. Like it. I like it. What That's, would Marco's uh, be? Marco Rossi. Yeah. Well, do you want to keep the MR or do you want to get risque? That's that's all you need. Hmm. Yeah, because Mr. Dudley wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> you could be Dudley, Dudley, Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> the third. No. Uh, I don't know. What would that be? Because there was already a Dances with Dudley. There was a, uh, I don't know. All I know is I just hope I don't get put through a table by the end of this. Yeah. Uh, no guarantees. The family. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So as I had mentioned before, this is three weeks in the making here. Yeah. I had messaged you three weeks ago saying, hey, we should do another review with you. Because mm-hmm. you're quite the, uh, you know a lot about the stuff, about the wrestling. I'm a big fan of the old stuff. That's right. that, That's more or less it. Yeah. So what pay-per-view did we just watch? We, uh... Invasion 2, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we got agreed upon uh, King of the Ring 1993 um, because though it was a June pay-per-view, uh, I've always been a believer in bringing the pay-per-view back. I think it's one of my favorite... I well, for sure is one of my favorite pay-per-views. Um, I like the fact that it elevates, you know, eight people. Um, and the person who's the king of the ring could either go on, maybe get a world title shot down the road, or they just get some kind of elevation out of it. I think it's a fun, I I love, I love tournaments. I think it gets the crowd invested. So 
and it, it showcases you know eight of the eight, eight of the best talents who already have to go through you know qualifying matches already. Well, so you say eight of the best talents. I'm looking at the bracket here, mm-hmm. and there's one match that confuses me as to when you say eight of the best talents. Mm-hmm. In the third qualifying <laughs> match for this, we saw Mr. Hughes well, well, defeat yeah. Kamala. <laughs> I am intrigued as to why. Are you just saying eight of the best talents in general yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. Okay, but do you believe uh, but, that Mr. Hughes was... Are you implying that Kamala was not over? Because he was over. I know yeah. he was over, but if he was over, then why did they put Mr. Hughes... New talent and and the fact that he was a big menacing dude. I, I I'm not I'm not. And Kamala isn't. Kamala was kind of nearing the end of his run, and they had turned him babyface, and it just I guess probably didn't have that same kind of appeal. Whereas Mr. Hughes was kind of like the new quote unquote kid on the block, and they were trying to elevate him. So putting a big dude like that in the King of the Ring, where he was kind of an, a menacing, kind of imposing, intimidating force, wasn't necessarily the worst idea in the world. Mm-hmm. But we'll, I mean, we'll we'll probably need to run down on round run down the card after, just kind of go in chronological order might be the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not going to completely dump all over it. But you know, no, no. Jump. But the rest of that card, come the on. Of the, the rest of the card was great here. So what I'll I don't do? Know. Well, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the first match on this card. Really? The Papa Shango Owen Hart. Match? That was a pre-show. They had pre-shows in That was a dark. That yeah, was it was a dark, dark match. That, that was a dark match. Yeah, because that wasn't on the pay-per-view. No, I thought you meant like Razor and Brett. Oh, like, what the hell was wrong with that yeah. one? Yeah. Brett was a great match, yeah. But I yeah. was not a fan of the Shango Owen Hart. Match. Okay, no, I never seen it, so neither have I. For the hold on. If my sources are correct, from yeah. the USWA Unified World Heavyweight. Yeah, because they had yeah. a they had an agreement with uh, with with Memphis for at the at the time, I guess. But right now, this King of the Ring 1993 happened June 13th, 1993, Fairborn, Ohio, at the Nutter Center. Nutter, drawing about 6,500 people or 80 grand at the gate. This was also shown on live pay per view with a rating, the massive rating, of 1.1. I don't understand. I thought it was good, but and it's not just my nostalgia kicking in. That's why I have nostalgia. I thought it was good. Uh, yeah, but it was I a good. It was I good. See this on video cassette, so I don't know where uh, my uh, my two cents for that video cassette. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have. Yeah, I still have it on video cassette somewhere. But I don't know. I thought it was a good pay per view. I uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. Considering that most of the pay per views that I watch, because you guys, I mean, you probably were my. You weren't my age when this happened. You were, I was three years old. You were three years old when this happened. Old. Two or three years old. But the pay-per-views that you would watch when you were my age were so much fucking better than the ones that I have to watch now. Like, yeah. shit, like, you were my age. You were 17 in 96? No. No. No, 96, I was uh, six. Shit, right. 17 years old, that would have been uh, 2000 and what, six or seven. And that's when actually I started, I stopped watching for a little while. It was a good stopping point. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I wasn't a big Spirit Squad guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so so let's, why don't we, um, I was going to say, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the host, so you can, you can stop me at any hey. point. And, uh, but, I was gonna say, why don't we why don't we kind of analyze? I mean, the first match, Razor and Brett, in my opinion, good enough to be the final. It should have been the final. Possibly any match. I mean, if you would have had Razor on the other side of the brackets, yeah, where he wasn't put up against Bret Hart, <laughs> it should have been the final. Yeah, I would like to go on record as saying that any match that has Bret Hart in it 
theoretically is probably good enough to be in the final. Right. Or, or, or that talent that's yeah. Sure yeah, or Mr. Perfect. Yeah, him too. Um, I mean, Razor did make it all the way to the finals uh, the pre the, the following year in '94 when he lost to the Rocket Owen Hart. But uh, in mm-hmm. this one, well, at least he didn't lose to Savio Vega. <laughs> uh, stop, stop. All right. So as we mentioned, Bret Hart did defeat Razor Ramon in the first quarterfinal. Other thoughts on this one, or do you want to move on? Uh, good match, good psychology. It was like the perfect. Was it ten twenty five? I'm I'm reading, and yeah. no, it was it was it was it was great. Um, I mean, it, they had what was it? Uh, was it supposed to be? It was like a ten fifteen and a twenty. For I think the, so. the quarters, the semis, and the finals. But like, I don't know. I thought it. I thought it did a great job of of getting of elevating both guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like Razor tapped out in the sharpshooter. He got defeated via a crafty pin by the Hitman. Uh, Razor got his, you know, his uh, his shit in. Uh, yeah, he got his stuff in, and he he was beating the heck out of Hart for a while. Stomped on the fingers, um, which kind of became a focal point of of focus later on, as we'll get to most likely. And then, uh, you know, Hart was trying to figure out how to beat a guy who's stronger and bigger than he was. I think that was pretty much the the story as as things progressed, is how a guy who gets sort of beat down like Bret Hart. He's not the strongest guy in the world, but he's crafty, he's technical, and now he's going to beat, you know, tougher opponents who are either more evenly matched or, or stronger than him. So I thought I thought it was a great match. Right, John, anything you want to add? Or? Well, I walked in halfway through this paper, right. so I missed this match, but I do have one question since it's not fresh in my mind. How many toothpicks did Razor Ramon throw at the camera this time? <laughs> I think just the one. Uh, have his backup behind his <laughs> I think he just had the one. Right. All right. Up next remember. on the card, we had Mr. Perfect defeating Mr. Yeah. Hughes with Harvey Whippleman by disqualification. Now, no, no teasers here. Oh, I'm going to give you a teaser here, but I'm not going to spoil anything. Harvey Whippleman, as it was later revealed to me, did make an appearance later on in this card. Yeah, he was a hell of a photographer, wasn't he? Yeah. Something's he was wrong, on something. fire. I'd say he's a lit photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Mr. Perfect defeating Mr. Hughes. Now... I had questioned the whole Mr. Hughes thing. Yeah. Mr. Perfect as well. Like, was this just before, um, why do I, f- maybe I'm getting him confused with somebody else. This is the misters match. You put a mister versus a mister. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's what it was. Yeah. And Vince is probably laughing back. Ha ha. <laughs> God, pal. You Two guys and their first name is Mr. Ha ha. You know, what's funny. Um, little backstory is that Mr. Perfect, in order to get to this King of the Ring, faced Doink the Clown three times. Uh, to get here, um, because uh, the first two matches uh, ended up in a draw, and that goes to show you also. I mean, and, and if you go back and, and watch any of those matches, it goes to show you how good Matt Bourne was. Uh, it wasn't just like a comedy character. I mean, Matt Bourne was the evil clown. He was a good wrestler, and those matches were pretty decent until Perfect got the got uh, got the win in the third match because uh, I guess that they wanted to make it also seem like it was so hard just to get to the King of the Ring. Although Dwight the Clown actually wrestling in the King of the Ring instead of Mr. Hughes would have been interesting, having Perfect and Doink. I thought that would have been a pretty good quarterfinal. Could you imagine Doink the Clown and Jerry Lawler at the end of it if, if Doink had hypothetically won? Well, what you know happened how there? Jerry Lawler's <laughs> yeah. on Doink yeah. and Dink. Dang. Oh yeah, <laughs> Survivor Series '94 reference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, uh, like I said, it was it was an okay. It was it was it was pretty cool. The the backstory heading in, Mr. Hughes. It was one of those. Uh, okay, well, he beat Kamala because uh, I think it, I think if I remember correctly, Kamala. He was, he was there was that gimmick where he didn't know how to pin. 
right. people, and right. I, that probably did it for him. Where I don't know if Hughes like had rolled him up to get in, but anyway, this match itself kind of sucked. I mean, you know, for for a six minute match, it was it was it was okay in the sense that perfect like Hart had to face someone who's bigger, who was stronger, and he had to figure out, okay, I'm a technical wrestler. How am I going to beat this guy? Because he was getting outmatched, he was getting outpowered, right? Now, muscled, but now the thing is here, it might be worth mentioning what the disqualification was at yes. this point in time. Mr. Hughes was in a feud with the undertaker yep. and Paul bearer as well. Yep. He had a plastic urn that he had brought out and he used the plastic urn to hit Mr. Perfect in the head. I don't, I don't know if it would, that didn't look plastic. Or it wasn't. Me. Well, I mean, it looked like it was tin. Okay. It <laughs> they, wasn't urn. I don't they, know why they, I was Him plastic. and him and Whippleman stole the urn as they had shown, uh, right. like going back to uh episode of superstars where, they they'd beaten them both down with the urn, right. and then that's why Hughes was like holding it, and then uh, yeah, so he clocked a clock perfect in the head with it and got himself disqualified. So it showed that Mr. Hughes might be big, but he's dumb. Right. So now, as we were talking, Marco, before this, I am mad. Uh, this is a this is a plea to WWE here. <laughs> Please put the old superstars on the network. Yeah, I don't know why it's not on there. If it's not on there, uh, that was an integral part of getting angles over, yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah. Because you just had Raw. Yeah. Just. Yeah, well, that that's it because it took over primetime. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure. Does the network have Tuesday Night Titans with yes. Lord Alfred Hayes? Yes. Yeah. They do have Tuesday sure. Night Titans. And they don't have superstars. And they don't have superstars. But they have Wrestling Challenge. In <laughs> no superstars of wrestling. No superstars. I, I don't get it. Hopefully no. soon, because like I said, that's how they got a lot of angles over. Well, and they still they have, haven't. I haven't finished WCW Thunder yet. They have it like up until 2000, mm-hmm. but they don't have the best part of WCW Thunder, which, which was 2001. Was, was there a best part of Thunder? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was there a best part of WCW? Well, yes. yes it was when Vince yes. Was yes, there was. Oh, I will absolutely. I defected during the Attitude Era of WCW. So did you? Yeah, I was no. watching both for a while, and then I defected. Was it the Jericho years, or, or was it oh, the? Yeah. Cha- or, or, no, yeah. but you're also you're also a fan of the chairman, La Parca. I love La Parca. I thought he, I thought he should have had a better run, but that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, I love La Parca. I thought he was a good cruiser. I've got another nickname for you, I guess. Now there, what's that? Well, I think I've already told you. I think I already said it to you. Mm-hmm. Tell tell, tell the humanoids. We can also we can if you ever come on to the show further, can either introduce you as the Mean Street Rossi, which is the nickname that Gibby gave you. Yeah, or we can call you the La Parca Marca. The La Parca Marca. I like it. I just need to get like a chair and start Sounds like his finisher. strumming it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm agile enough to do a corkscrew body attack. But then again, uh, La Parca didn't look agile either. And look at him. Right. That's what I loved about him. It made him dangerous because right. he could wrestle the heavyweights and he can wrestle the cruiserweights. Right. He was he was good like that. But going back to uh, wh- which is the one the next match here after uh, Bam after Bam. perfect got clocked in the head by Mr. Hughes. Bam, oh! <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow defeating Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, but how? I mean, going through this, it was just what was it? A, like a, it was a five-minute match, yeah. bra- typical brawling match. You weren't as Hacksaw would normally say in his promos: there ain't going to be no takedowns, there ain't going to be no go-behinds, and there really weren't too many. Uh, there were a few here and there, like what was there, like a bear hug, and mm-hmm. Duggan kind of hurt his ribs early on in the in the match. I think in a working way, and that kind of was like a focal point of how things were. And uh, it was like two bulls going at it, but. You know, Duggan miscalculated move, hit his head on the turnbuckle, mm-hmm. fell over, and Bam Bam capitalized with that devastating flying head. But it is, so I mean, it was there wasn't really any. I don't know were there any noticeable parts for you? Not really. No, just kind of a typical brawling match. Yep. Served its purpose for a five minute match. I think it did really well, and 
Bigelow uh, got over the uh, the KG veteran hacksaw Jim Duggan, and uh, it ele- it elevated Bam Bam. So yeah, now a One lot of, of these matches, men. there were only I think two or three matches that were under like there. Yeah, three matches out of ten that were under the ten minute mark. A lot of these matches were yeah. fairly long matches. Well, they yeah. knew how to write television at the time. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. That's also very true. Yeah, and they had good workers. Yeah. <laughs> not well, to say that the guys today are terrible they're not a lot of them are great um there tends to be though i think a focus it seems like you're watching a video game rather than like a, a total like package of like ring psychology so i'm not but, the total package that's uh, a perfect segue into uh, our next match here yeah, <laughs> yeah. lex luger and tatanka end in a 15 minute time <laughs> limit draw it's a good thing that this isn't going radio because because else uh because otherwise we'd be sued for that. No, that's that's Tatanka's theme song, man. And that's I was right. About to say, has anybody ever noticed that Tatanka and the Million Dollar Man have the same theme song? It's just altered. You know what? Now that I think about it, I can see it. Yeah, dan 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 dan. Yeah, yeah. See, Jim Johnson was crafty like that. He's a sneaky guy. Yeah, he would he would he would do that. I'm try. I can't think off the top of my head of other songs, but there definitely are. Where he would kind of change the the rhythm a little bit. But they didn't change the rhythm in this uh. match. Because <laughs> Tatanka, after I don't know when his undefeated streak was, but it's not here. Well, it was still going because that I think I wonder I wonder Is if the that's time limit draw part of the streak. Yeah, I, I don't think it counts as he a didn't loss. Take a pin. No. I don't. I don't think it would. If you're undefeated and you get a draw, is, does that? I don't think that that no, would it's, break. No, you're it. still undefeated. Yeah, because you're because you haven't you haven't lost because he didn't lose until Borga came in. Ludwig Borga came in later, but uh, I don't know. This match was all right. I mean, it had all the right elements of psychology, it, it and got us where we needed to be. it got us where we needed to be. Uh, Luger was posing too much, and Tatanka had enough and threw the mirror on him. Uh, oh, big note about this beginning of the match. What did because. Um, there was a story about Lex Luger legitimately having a steel plate in his elbow, which he had used later on to yeah. knock people out with a forearm um, because of a motorcycle accident years before. What was that big thing that they that they said? If you don't put this on... It was an uh, elbow pad. It was an elbow pad because they said, if you don't put it on, then we're going to disqualify you because you're, you've been knocking too many people out with your with your forearm, with your elbow. So Who was you, it that uh, called it the true value elbow? It was definitely Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I thought it, I thought that even that like little story at, at the at the start was great. Uh match was okay. I, I, I'm not personally I've never really been a big Luger guy, although I like the narcissist character. I thought it was probably his best work in my view. Uh to talk about the narcissist thing better. Sorry, just uh Lex Luger or Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff? Wow, I'm gonna say Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff because just because he was a better worker overall. Uh, absolutely. I, don't know. I think Lex was good with the gimmick. He was good with the gimmick. But yeah. If you had to put them in a ring and had two guys go head to head, it's Mr. Wonderful. Oh, hands down. But yeah. As far as the gimmick goes, I think it was Luger. You know what it is too? I don't think Wonderful was good with the cockiness. He was too intense for it. Yeah, I, I could see that. I would agree with that. Yeah, and I think it helped that he had Heenan as his manager before the, the turn or whatever because he, he went from babyface helping Hogan to heal with Heenan and, and Heenan being kind of more of the, ha like, I'll get you. Gotcha. Yeah, it kind of helped a little bit. So that's, yeah, that that's probably the general consensus, I think, between us. We can we can agree on that. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, no, it ended in a draw, yeah. which meant that a certain competitor, Bam Bam Bigelow, would mm-hmm. get a bye straight to the finals. Yeah. 
Now, what was it with the buy for what? Like, do you know the story behind the Bret Hart buy? Either of you, because I don't. The the Bam Bam buy, you mean? No, or the, the no, the Bret Hart buy, because there were two buys in this tournament, and I think that's the only time that there have ever been the two buys. There were two buys. It's just there was two buys in '96. Oh, were there? No, I, I think it, it was just that Bret Hart didn't didn't wrestle a qualifying match to get yeah. here, which I don't understand. Everybody else did, but either he was thrusted in position or he worked his ass off for it, and we'll never know. Yeah, I know that that's that's one of the. I, I hope that it gets brought. I don't know if it'll get brought up because uh, I think that they addressed the uh, the King of the Ring '93 uh, pay per view on uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they actually addressed that question. Um, but as far as, yeah, no, I think, I think it was good too, that, uh, that they did this with, with Bam Bam, right? He gets a buy. And he's a big guy. He's, I was going to say, he's a big guy. He's agile. He's, he's a menacing guy that they're trying to get over, uh, and, and elevate. And then, uh, you have Bret Hart having to wrestle a semifinal match where it's really not going to get any easier for him. Um, but uh, is that actually is that one is that one right after? Or there weren't any matches in between. No, there Which, was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, he's not going to get an easier for Hart because even though he isn't facing someone as strong and powerful as say a Razor or a Hughes, he's facing someone who could match him evenly, and he's going in not a hundred percent. And that's it. You were saying about how earlier Perfect was technical and crafty as well, and then you have Bret Hart being technical and crafty. It's kind of like two guys who know the same things going head to head. And until they pull something that the other guy doesn't expect, yeah, it's going to be a stalemate. Yeah, so uh, semifinal match: Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. And there was a back right. backstage interview between the both of them, actually. Yeah, in which Bret Hart or uh, Mean Gene, rather, yeah, was stirring the pot, so to speak, in terms of having Bret Hart <laughs> saying things that he wasn't really saying, except he did say them, but he didn't mean it the way that he said. Yeah. Because uh, during the match they had uh, well both both the Tatanka Luger match and the heart or and the um the the perfect Hughes match they yeah they went to each of the guys that yep. advanced and they're like who would you rather face and I know like Bam Bam wanted to get a piece of Tatanka because they were they were having a feud and then there was uh, Bret Hart said he'd rather wrestle Mister Perfect and then you know. Uh, mean Gene kind of stirred the pot a little bit. Was like, "Oh, are you saying it? Uh, perfect's easier? Is that why?" And Hart's like, "No, no, no. It's because he's more evenly matched." And then it was, "You guys are both second generation." It was the my dad could beat up your dad, and uh, it was entertaining. Dude, <laughs> I knew you were gonna find a way to work Stu Hart into this at some point. Uh, well, there's a way to work Stu Hart into anything if you try hard enough. <laughs> could you say if you try hard enough? Anyways, um, moving oh. on. <sighs> moving on to the Yokozuna. Defeating Hulk Hogan. Now, Yokozuna. <laughs> Not yet. No, because this uh, this arguably might have been better than 91 SummerSlam. So we well, have Hart to talk about match, Perfect right, versus Bret Hart. We have to talk about how good this match was. Yeah, this is the match where I walked in, by the way. This yeah. Is, this is where I started watching today. It was uh, almost, it almost went how long now? Uh, almost 20 minutes. Almost 20 minutes. Yeah, almost 19 minutes. They did minutes. say that there was a 20-minute time limit before the match started. And yeah. And they were hinting at, like, hey, could go to another draw, guys. Yeah. Which, I mean, if, if it did, I wouldn't have been surprised. But at the same time, I thought this was a classic. Would this that mean Bam Bam wins by default then? Yeah. Yeah. More or less. If, if that were to happen. Or Bam Bam could choose which one of the two, if, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what would have happened. I mean, the thing that I liked about this match... Aside from the fact that it was so back and forth, was by this time because I mean, like Perfect had had come back uh, to 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 wrestling because he had to like take a year off because of injuries and stuff. That's why another reason why he dropped the belt to Hart right in '91. He had to get his back or neck or whatever operated on, 
and he wasn't as he wasn't as as jacked. He was just starting to get back in the gym, but he was. They turned him babyface, I think, uh, a little bit before. Remember when he's Macho Man's partner, right? Because the Warrior had been fired or whatever, and United the Survivor Series '92 because it was supposed to be the Mega Maniacs against Flair and Ramon, right. and then anyway, so perfect. Uh, even though he was a babyface, he was kind of teasing some heelish tactics he from before. Something I noticed about Perfect, and he wasn't doing something that he usually always does, is that when he came to the ring, he wasn't chewing gum. No, he was cutting his promo. He wasn't chewing gum. No, I associate that whenever you see Mr. Perfect not chewing gum, he's gonna take an L. Uh, you know what? I've never looked at it that way. I'd have to. I have to go back, but that's an interesting theory uh, to to ponder. It's one of those things. Like <laughs> Ric Flair wears red. Yeah. You know he's gonna lose. Really? I, I don't know if it's exactly the color red, but I think it is the color red because I think Miz was emulating it, like on today's current product. Whenever he lost, when he was on his mini losing streak, he was wearing the red trunks. I mean, I think that was the, that's a Flair thing. I'm think I'm thinking back to some matches that Flair's had in red that he's lost. Maybe I'd have to again. I'd have to look at that. That's an interesting thing to look at. Um, no, this this match was a classic. Uh, again, arguably maybe better than their one for the IC strap in '91 at SummerSlam. I don't know, but I would say so. I uh, I don't know. I thought it was excellent. It was this match also good enough to be in the finals. Absolutely. It was oh my god! Like if this like this maybe I would argue should have been the final, but then again you could also argue the fact that this was a semifinal match goes to show you how deep the talent pool was. Is this match of the night? Yeah, hundred percent. There's no way. There's no way it couldn't be. Yes. Right. No, nah, it was it was a classic. I mean, Hart Hart didn't beat Perfect either with the sharpshooter uh, in this match either. Like, but but. If you notice Perfect being the heel, right? Stomps on the fingers. When Hart went for the sharpshooter, what did he do? He grabs the fingers, snaps them. You know, it's, it was perfect. It was hair pulling. Perfect was getting a little bit more dirty and kind of kind of pulling some of the old heel tactics that he used to have when he was with Bobby Heenan. So, I don't know. And Bobby Heenan was making note of that on commentary. Yeah, too. Bobby Heenan was funny. Oh, he's still relying on what I taught him, and he's nothing without me, and blah, blah, blah. And that was, that was funny. Bobby Heenan was... Unbelievable on commentary. I mean, even in this. And he was joined by, I believe, it was Jim Ross and the Macho. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a great match. Uh, what else can be said about it? Uh, just even if you don't watch the entire pay per view and you haven't watched watch it, this. and just watch this match. Incredible. Yeah. Now we can go to the now we can match. go to the Yokozuna match. Now, not match of the night. No, no, definitely no. not. I'd probably say, would it we, be wrong to call it the worst? On this card for certain. No. Bottom or bottom two. Now, if the outcome had been different, do you think it'd be higher on the card nope. or higher on the like list? Not or for not? wrestling ability, anyways. I, I I think it would have been disappointing too because I mean you have Yokozuna who you're pushing as like the next the big foreign heel. Yeah, and that's it. I put an emphasis on the word big because <laughs> Mr. Fuji was talking about how he got Yokozuna back up and he's beefed up and he's heavier than he's ever been. Yeah. Yep. He can tell if that's the case, and I mean, he Yokozuna was a spectacle. He was, he was like, whoa, look at this guy, and he had some agility. Yeah, Yoko had some agility for a guy who was four or five hundred plus pounds. Uh, and Hogan was at the end because he had come back in '93 for a little bit, and then he was kind of nearing the end of his run, his comeback. He was, he was tipping his hat to the Hulkamaniacs, that's yeah. it. saying, "Hey, thanks for getting me over." Well, that's it, and it was so that almost like me a, over. I'm gonna go make two million dollars in WCW. Now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he if he had filmed any movies in between, probably. But uh, was it Suburban Commando? Maybe around Mr. this. Mr. Nanny, perhaps. This was yeah. I don't remember the years offhand because it was '93, but of yeah. Hogan movies because they're all frankly terrible. We know, that, <laughs> we know that we had no holds barred. 
Thunder in Paradise was a good show, wasn't it? Come on. <laughs> I think the best thing that Hulk Hogan's ever done on television that wasn't wrestling was probably that one episode of Baywatch that he's in. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> everybody was was that was that the WCW episode? Uh, yeah. yeah, that yeah, was so when he was in Vader WCW. And yeah. As well. yeah, and Kevin Sullivan, and yeah, that was funny. No, Kevin Sullivan, <laughs> what a guy. But like, I mean, this match was meh. And uh, as we mentioned, like thirteen the, minutes. The uh, Harvey Whippleman. Well, but before that, too, uh, Hulk Hogan is with, uh, of course, Jimmy Hart, right. who had who had turned face. He had a really cool Hulk Hogan jacket. But yeah, the the finish to this match, yeah, you just alluded to. Um, I, I, apparently, I thought I I read somewhere that it was Harvey Whippleman who was dressed up as he had like a like a yeah, long, long beard and a hat. Wig and some big on him. Yeah, so he went up, and there were like a bunch of photographers at ringside, a bunch of like Japanese photographers, and Harvey Whippleman or whoever it was got on the apron, and I uh, wanted to take a picture of the Hulkster, but what happened? Uh, his camera malfunctioned. Yeah, it exploded. Exploded. The Hogan was right there. Fireball right in the face of Hogan. It's almost like Jerry Lawler with that flash paper, eh? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And almost then he like fell over. Wasn't yeah. the flash paper that was in the camera, maybe? Well, probably. That's probably how it was done. Yeah, I don't know. Probably that's how they did it. And then, uh... It is Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. so... So, then, yeah, so he's pulling double duty today. That, or that, yeah. that night and then uh, what was I going to say so yeah and then uh, so Hogan falls down and Yoko didn't beat him with the bonsai drop he dropped the big leg on him which is kind of ironic right leg drop for a leg yeah drop. yeah yeah and then he beats Hogan which was like oh my god that just happened no this is of course after that Wrestlemania when Hogan <laughs> won the belt from Yokozuna when Hogan cashed in money in the bank before it was money in the bank <laughs> yeah the free money in the bank after uh Heart you know lost. I'm getting the title shot. Yeah. He cashed in his Vince. His, his Vince is my pal card. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of jail free card. Vince is my pal. What's the yeah, difference? He politicked. Yeah. You, right. you should be a politician. I'm surprised he's never run for president. I think he would have won hands down just on the celebrity factor alone. But. Well, speaking of presidents, in this next match, we have a guy who should never run for president. <laughs> and I am referring, of course, to why well, it was an eight man tag match, but I'm. Just gonna narrow down and single out Scott Steiner right now. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine those those State of the Union addresses would be fucking terrible. Well, what would happen if you send Scott Steiner to South Korea and North Korea instead of what who we did send? Would he tell them that they say all men are created equal, but you look at him and Kim Jong-un? <laughs> <laughs> you can see that statement is not true. D- does, the, does the term World War III mean anything to you? Because I don't think Scott Steiner would have had the diplomacy and the negotiation skills. Well, he wrestled to, at World uh, War III. Scott Steiner doesn't give simpy. That's <laughs> he wrestled at World War III. Very funny. That's yeah, he's been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I know we had an eight-man tag match that was full of everybody for no reason. With uh, 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 um, Terry Taylor, the uh, Red Rooster, as the interviewer with the promo leading up to this one, because the because he interviewed uh, he interviewed uh, the Smoke and Guns and and the Steiner brothers in kind of a, a lame lame promo, and then uh, yeah. So I mean, this match was all right. It was just kind of a filler, you know, to. It was, it was eight guys in the ring going at each other. Yeah, I One mean, nothing memorable. <laughs> he he and his commentary was funny, making fun of the smoking guns, uh, basically calling them like rodeo clowns. It's hard not to. Yeah, of course. And right. I mean, uh, it must have been tough wrestling well, we in blue did, jeans. We did but. get a little precursor to Rikishi with uh, the head shrinkers. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, what a mismatch team made Money Inc. and the head shrinkers. But yeah. Alpha was funny in this I, match. I, I, you put a guy like IRS and you stand him next to somebody like Alpha and you're just like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was probably just like, oh, we have these eight guys. What are we going to do with them? Maybe, maybe Money Inc. hired them for the night. 
That's probably the story going into it, yeah. Um, we need two guys. Quick, find somebody. Head yeah. Kickers, or Alpha walks by. There you go. Yeah. I mean, DB, so, like, what happened? I mean, DB, for this, as far as, like, the finish, because there was really nothing memorable aside from, like, Alpha, like, yelling at the camera kind of humorously. But DB get slaps the million dollar dream on Billy Gunn. Um, and then what he goes out and yeah, cause he, well, he slaps you well, he slapped it on and then, Oh, is, is it over? But then DB Aussie let him go before, before like the ref could lift the arms to see if he was done or whatever. He just kind of let him sure go. And then that's like the greatest heel move of all time. Cause he, yeah. Nothing. Well, I, I might've been a good heel move cause he went up to him and he starts like laughing and he's, ah, oh, look at him. He's well, nothing. And then he, he choked him out and it looked like he was going to win. And it's like, you know what? No, this match isn't over, fans. Yeah, he's going to play with him a bit, and then Billy Gunn just kind of came to, and he gives him the small package. Because and a, Ah, then maybe that's the ultimate heel move, is that Ted DiBiase knew which match was next, and he was just making the fans wait for it. I wonder if mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if Too Cold Scorpio got any inspiration from this here. Uh, there was a match that I was watching on an episode of ECW where it was Too Cold Scorpio. Uh, he asked, actually, to be announced... He asked the ring announcer to announce him as two gold Scorpio because at this point in time he was defending both the ECW World Television Championship right. and both ECW Tag Team Championship belts against Mikey Whipwreck. Okay, and he did this like f- the whole he did this like five six times. Okay, sorry, uh, what, and this has to do with two cold Scorpio inspiration. I don't know. I'm tired. Inspiration from this? Yes, false finishes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm like, oh, sorry, I, I, I missed something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got talking, you. I'm talking okay. false finishes. Like, that's, all, that's it. Okay. I was trying to put two together. <laughs> <laughs> now, so was he, was he uh, doing the typical, like, he's doing the cover and he lifts the guy's head up for the three kind of No, thing, he or? would get up and the ref would be like, what the hell are you doing? You have him pinned. Just stay yeah, in the three. Yeah, well, th- and that's what happened, right? So Billy Gunn kind of pins him for the one, two, three in the small package. As soon as the music hit. Everybody rushes the ring. Yeah, it was like a pure six brawl. You know, it was an eight man tag going on at the same time. I mean, it was just like as soon as I didn't even think Finkel got his got his uh, his announcement done. It was pretty funny. Yeah, Finkel's announcement was that the well, it was an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> so the winner, everybody just goes yeah, the winner okay. of this. <laughs> yeah. And then after this, was it a Coliseum video exclusive with? Uh, was it after this one where they had Terry Taylor uh, interview Perfect about his loss, or was yes. it after it was, it was after, after this? After this yeah, okay, yeah, and Perfect was kind of uh, you know whatever. How do you think I feel about it? And, and then after that Coliseum video, yeah. we cut to another Coliseum video <laughs> to two dudes with attitudes. No, not them. Yeah, <laughs> no, not them. Of course, we're talking about Shawn Michaels with Diesel as his Vers- bodyguard. Remember, he was he wasn't out there yet. He was yeah. just standing behind Shawn Michaels. Not saying a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, defeating Crush, Marco. What do you think about this one here? It was all right. I didn't think it was the worst match in the world. Uh, Crush got 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 what he had to do in. Uh, I mean, he had he he got his he got his power moves in. Uh, he had Michaels reeling, but. Michaels, of course, got some cheating in. Uh, Diesel was doing some illegal tactics, and uh, what was I going to say? Um, it, there was an appearance, of course, by Doink the Clown because there was that little feud going on between Crush and Doink. There were two Doinks. Right. Crush was seeing uh, Double Vision. Uh, There's and, something uh, wrong with my monitor here. <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, you know, he gets distracted, and Michaels rolls him up. Um, I thought it was a good match, though, uh, for an icy strap match because, I mean, Crush – had an, there were there were enough like spots in the match where it looked like Crush was legitimately like he had a chance to beat Michaels, and for a big man, Crush was agile, very agile. Did he ever hold the IC title? Never. No. no. 
No. Was allowed to hold anything. I think he held the tag titles with Smash when he was the new member of Demolition. Yeah, yeah, he, was, know, so. uh, he was with them. Yeah. Did, I don't know if he held the tag titles, actually, did he? I think he was the third the third man out. Oh, yeah, they did. They had the Freebird rule. Yeah. Yeah. Crush yeah. Axe and Smash or something? Yeah, because yeah, yep. they were phasing Axe out because there were some injury issues or something. But, yeah, not the same. But, uh, no, yeah, no, that, that's about it. I don't think he held any gold. Uh, even when he was the Jailbird, when they brought him in, or he was in the DOA, I don't think he held any gold with... Uh, Unless you count the invasion when he was with um, Adam Baum or Brian Clark when they were chronic and they were the WCW tag champs. Because they never won the WWF tag. Oh, did the WWF World Tag Team Champ? With That's Smash it. With and Smash. With Smash and Axe. So they were, they were doing the free bird rule. Yeah. So other than that, though, no. Just Him and uh, Brian Clark were... Chronic. Chronic, yeah. They held they held it not only in the WCW. They held it all in all of Japan, Japan as well. If I'm seeing this correctly, they also had a match with the Brothers of Destruction. I'm going to go back and watch that when I get home. Yep. Unforgiven 2001. <laughs> Worst work match of the year. Wasn't that the pay-per-view that you sent me was Unforgiven 2001? No, I'm pretty sure. It could be. If that's the one where Chris Jericho beats Brock and Stone Cold the same night, which is the greatest pay-per-view of all time, changed my mind. Interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe fan? Yeah. The greatest pay-per-view of all time. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, you know what? Uh, we That might be an idea for another show. Oh, I will Un- sit through Un- Unforgiven 01. I will sit through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're actually, wow, we're already at the main event, the right. finals for the King of the Ring. Who have we got? We've got Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow. A beat up, quote unquote, uh, Bret Hart and uh, Fresh as a Daisy, Bam Bam Bigelow. Right. Fred, no, of course. Bret Hart would end up winning this match, but why don't we go through some of the, the hijinks? Yeah, I mean, in this 18-minute match, uh, it was good. Bam Bam beating the hell out of Bret Hart through a lot of it because right. Bret Hart was... You know, again, he was trying to do the typical, like, I'm facing somebody who's bigger and stronger. How am I going to use my speed and agility? Because I'm not going to I'm not gonna out-muscle the guy. And I'm not 100%. His fingers were taped up. He was tired. He was limping to the ring. Um, you know, Bam Bam was dominant through a heck of a lot of it. Hart was trying. You know, he got some moves in. Um, interesting part about it was we thought we were going to see Bam Bam beat Hart and win the king of the ring. And Bam, because he had, he had Hart laid out. Goes up for his top rope headbutt, nails it. Ref counts three. All of a sudden, Bam Bam Bigelow is the 1993 King of the Ring. Yeah, except so we he thought, isn't. Except because what happened, right? Who came out? It was not Mad Dog. I was about to say Mad Dog. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Luna, Bash- <laughs> Luna Bashan Luna came Bashan. out as Bret Hart was sort of trying to collect himself outside the ring, and of course, Luna smacked Bret Hart in the side of the. I think it was. Was it his back? Yeah, it was a it was a chair shot. It was she, a chair she, shot to the she back. She went she went soft on him, but for oh, the purposes of this, we can say uh, ow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, she rearranged his spinal column with that chair shot. Getting hit by Luna is getting hit by Luna. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would have been for real. She probably could have, from what I hear, she probably could have taken down some of the dudes, but and maybe she did. But uh, she didn't take down Brett tonight. No, she, nope. <laughs> not entirely. Because I mean, what happened was the ref counted three, and then all of a sudden uh, another ref comes out, and they're arguing back and forth. And no, I saw there was interference and whatever. And Fink makes his announcement. Oh, they reverse the decision. They're no, no, no. We're gonna keep the match going. Hold on, let me check yeah. my sources. Oh, no, nope, the match continues. Yeah, and it was a nice little back and forth. So and, everybody, you know. everybody thinking that they could leave the stadium early? Nope, bad news, boys. Yeah, could you imagine? We were saying that off air earlier. Like, could you imagine if someone thought, oh, crap, Bam Bam won. I want to hurt to win, and they left, yeah, they not knowing what the result would be. The yeah. Meanwhile, the match is still going on. Yeah. The highway, oh, where is it? <laughs> That's right. 
So, I mean, you know, and Bam Bam was still beating up Bret Hart, and then all of a sudden, uh, well. <laughs> Bret Hart does what he does best. Bret Hart does what he does best, and he, and he weaseled his way out of uh, – not like a Bobby Heenan weasel, but like he kind of he kind of weaseled way his his way into a win with a crafty little uh, roll up. Funny, I mean, and and he became the nineteen ninety three King of the Ring. Um, funny thing about this whole thing was not one King of the Ring match. Uh, it, Bret Hart didn't use the sharpshooter once to finish anybody off. I found that interesting. It was all pinfalls. Well, it's probably Bret Hart also trying to show everybody, hey, I'm more than just a sharpshooter. Yeah, that's why he was one of the best. Exactly. You no, know, after <laughs> after. Uh, Brad Hart was given the crown, the scepter, and the cape. Yeah, after it his was, coronation. After that's what that's what that I was trying to figure out what that word <laughs> was. Thank you. Um, there was another king that made an appearance. That's right. Greatest king of all time. That's right. The king of Memphis, and we ain't talking about uh, Elvis Presley. We're talking about Jerry. Jerry. Old pal the king Jerry of Lawler, the puppy lover himself, came out <laughs> and had some choice words for Bret Hart, trying saying to that he's the fake king and. Jerry is the real king. He's like, oh, if out of the goodness of my heart, maybe I'll I'll, I'll make you a prince, but you're yeah, you know, you're not the real king. Blah blah blah. And the fake uh, king versus king match. Yeah, I want you to kiss my royal feet. I mean, this was a good lead up to SummerSlam. He put the boots on Brett and he made him kiss his feet. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't really. Well, it was more of a kick to the mouth. But yeah, and he choked him with the scepter and hit him, and he smashed the crown and. He's Threw the chair at him like the big chair. Yeah, the big throne. He was doing yeah, that with throne. Braun doing it in Rome. <laughs> That's right. What yeah. is it with the big chair shots, man? You gotta get him in. It's almost as it's almost as overused as those table spots. Yep. <laughs> days. It's like those every day you watch spots. someone's going through a table. But no, I thought it was it was a good lead up, right? Oh, I'm the real king and then Hart got the chant of Burger King going, you're not the real king. Where were you, you know, leading you're up to this? And, yeah, you're the Burger King. And then that's, that's what triggered that's what triggered uh, Lawler to beat him up. So I thought it was a good little lead up because it's like, oh, my God, the person just won King of the Ring. I mean, it's not like it, it, it destroyed Hart or anything. If anything, like I said, it led up to their match at uh, SummerSlam a couple months later. So I don't know. Overall, I like the pay-per-view. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's, it's a shame the buy rates weren't very good, but this was right. also a down period. It was also it was '93. Yeah. If this pay per view happens in 2018, does with it do the better? Same, with the same card, more or less. Well, like assuming they, card, assuming right. the stars. <laughs> we're gonna say that Bret Hart is the age of Bret Hart '93, but it's 2018. Right. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Then I don't know if the buy rate would be higher. No. Because because uh, wrestling's in it down spiral right now it's absolutely weird. it is and it's not as popular as it once was and i don't even think it's as popular as it was well wrestling like That's wrestling right. in general i wouldn't say that it's not as popular now wwe isn't i don't see how no. it could be unless they're doing like some cross marketing with other but even then i no. i mean if, if we're talking about even like popularity but like with the japanese or indies it's still not it's not it eh. be as successful yeah i it's still not as eh, not really no yeah, no yeah like they would recognize the star power on this card, but I yeah. don't know if it would draw everybody out to buy it. It wouldn't. I absolutely would not. I I, I don't even know if you would have like more ra- people buying into the network. And I, eh. although f- you know what, if you were to do, because remember when they brought it back once and King and it was there was a King Barrett. Neville made it all yeah. the way to the finals and Barrett. Well, won. they brought it. They brought it back a couple times actually because there was King Sheamus too the year before or a couple years before. I think. Right, but it wasn't like a consistent. There and was then King Neville too. No, King, no that's, King that's King of the Cruiserweights. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was that's that's he, not the same thing. If you're bringing it back, 
now let's say they brought it back this like like let's say that they, they oh next pay-per-view king of the ring with the i mean you'd have to you have to factor in i guess the roster split well how, who would you who would be your who would be your eight guys eight guys for king of the ring yeah you can go first excuse roster i get to go first yeah man match number one i'm putting dolph ziggler against drew mcintyre yes right away are they not a tag team right now or exactly would you do that on purpose perfect in the match right away Great. Or would you have them both go all the way to the finals and then face each other? No, nope, I would have them in the first match because, okay. and I would have Dolph be the bigger man and lay down to Drew. Okay. I'm gonna try to write this down so I don't book myself into a corner like I've done in the past. <laughs> but as a, so, first match, I'm gonna put Drew versus Dolph. Mm-hmm. Second match, I'm putting Seth Rollins mm-hmm. against the SmackDown talent and Rusev because Ooh, okay. everybody's hyped for one of those guys to win. Yeah. Round one. Yeah. You want to get the people watching the first round and not skip to the finals. Yeah. You got to have the heat of the match going on. I'm not, I don't know who's going to win, but I will put Seth versus Rusev. My third, uh, I'm going to have to say Samoa Joe okay. versus Randy Orton because Randy Orton probably deserves to be in it. Now, I'd probably have Joe go over, but yeah. Orton's a big name. He's yeah. Bringing some big names. Clean, clean win? Over Orton? Yeah. Joe? Yeah, he'd run him over. Okay, so okay, but competitive match, but Orton, there's not enough steam. Match, yeah, maybe a couple RKO kickouts. Maybe okay, just, just two. Would you have him submit, or would it be a pinfall with the oh, muscle Joe buster? Would choke him out okay, yeah. okay, go ahead. And I'd have to say in the last match, I'm gonna throw a curveball here because okay. that's what I do best. <laughs> and everybody needs that one match where everybody knows who's gonna win. Okay. So I'd probably put Elias versus Heath Slater. Really? So you can have Elias with a defining win. So that whenever he goes on to the next round, nobody knows what's going on. But everybody Smart. likes to think they know that one thing, and that's the one thing that everybody knows Elias wins by. You wouldn't have Braun Strowman in the King of the Ring? Oh, and no, then have him, win. like, or would you have him, like, lose in the quarters of the semis? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put Braun Strowman in it, because if you put Braun Strowman in it, and he's not winning, it's a waste of Braun Strowman. Because you have this big guy, and his position is to run people over, and as soon as he stops running people over... That's when you kind of get scared. Unless you have like a dirty finish, exactly. which, which could lead to another angle. There and then, have been yeah. dirty finishes with Braun Strowman, but yeah. no, I'm I'm out of left field. Yeah. That's my eight. I think I did it. Yeah. It, so one one Raw, one SmackDown. So you inevitably have yeah. the Raw versus SmackDown final. And then would you who would you have go over? Someone from Raw or someone from SmackDown? I think I would yeah. have someone from SmackDown go over because I I think they just have the most talent. But I, it would be a Raw versus SmackDown final. I would love to see. Drew McIntyre yeah. versus Samoa Joe for the King of the Ring. Yeah, man. Give me that card all day, er day. <laughs> yes. Would that if that card was announced, would you start watching WWE again, Mark? I, I would. I would at least watch that pay per view. Yeah, pay per view and just see what happens. As long as they don't do like what they've done in like like later years, where they're like, we're gonna put like the quarters and the semis on like on like Raw or something, and then we're in the finals. Well, whole pay per view, whole whole pay per view should be the, the tournament. The most way of I'm it. thinking about it is the way that they did it the last time, where they had this out of nowhere this show on yeah. this random day of the week, yeah. where it was the Raw and the SmackDown guys got together. Yeah. Although I don't think they had split cards. In the no, I think that they they had it. They had it merged again at the time. But, but you know what you mean. Show, yeah. like, maybe on like a Thursday night or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. And network special. A network special, mm-hmm. and you'd have your quarterfinal matches, and then the King of the Ring. You can have a couple matches from Raw and SmackDown, and your semis and your finals. What you could do, like your, your qualifying matches, like they did in the old school era, right on your on your main shows, and then you can just yeah have your 
your your tournament on the on the special would be great. You do a two or a three hour special and have it in like some location that I don't know. It doesn't have to necessarily be in the states or Canada. Could be somewhere else. I don't well, know if you want to go left field. If, if I had to choose this, I would actually do it at the uh, Royal Albert Hall. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If I, if I got to pick that too, I'd pick the Royal Albert Hall. A well, nice hot UK crowd for that Drew Joe finish. Would you bring back the Battle Royal for the Sands of Art? No, you couldn't, because then if you're going to announce a King of the Ring and you had the Royal Sam of Art trophy, it would it would no, cheap, it would dilute it. But I like where you're going, and I'm yeah. going to pop something on you. I would have a 20 man Royal Rumble Battle Royal. It would be either or. Okay. Or that belt that we never saw, the King of the Ring title belt. Yeah, create one if you can. No, or, no, there is one. I've seen pictures of Mabel with it. He, I heard that he got it custom made, because they never like had it. Because never on television. I know. It, yeah, because it was a cool looking belt. It was beautiful, and like I said, if 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 they can't, if yeah, if they can't get it from Mabel's wife, then make your own. They and have the money for it. It's not like it's impossible to do because we just saw Braun Strowman had that greatest Royal Rumble trophy and yeah. a belt, mm-hmm. and that belt just faded away. Now, the winner of the King of the Ring, would you have a condition where the where the King of the Ring gets an automatic number one contender title shot? No, but I would book him like that. Okay. Like, I would have him as like, hey, I'm the king, I'm on top, and then later on you or, like, since I'm the king and I'm on top, I'm taking your title. Gotcha. Or you could also have it so that, I mean, this might kind of sound, this might sound kind of shitty. Could have <laughs> the, have, have the King of the Ring in December and then have the Royal Rumble in January. The King of the Ring goes up against the winner of the Royal Rumble. You've got yeah. the Roy- you got the clash of royalty here. Okay. Have a have a match somewhere down the line before Mania. Whoever like you have the King of the Ring mm-hmm. face off against the winner of the Rumble, and whoever wins that match gets, gets a title that. shot at Mania. No, because whoever like wins it. that match gets screwed by whoever's holding money in the bank. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, assuming, assume, uh, of course, this is assuming that the money in the bank contract holder still has it. It's, it's not a bad concept. Yeah. I, I will say, I that like that idea. Have, like, hey, instead of having a guaranteed number one contender, we're going to have two half contenders and see who the number one contender is. Yeah, I like it. Well, plus, you know, with, with <laughs> however short sighted the booking seems to be these days, that might be good for getting some mileage out of it. And that way it would be interesting, too, because if you want to do it like the Royal Rumble, you could tease it. So I said Samoa Joe would be King of the Ring. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. I would have Joe go over. Really? Just so you could have King Joe. What if? Yeah. Because Drew, with a cape and a crown, would look pretty badass, in my opinion. Joe would look ridiculous. <laughs> but Joe would kill you if you laughed at him. And that's why I'm saying Joe's king of the ring. Uh, one, one. I don't know about an, uh, maybe one little critique or objection to that idea, though, is if... It, would you have a stipulation where if you win King of the Ring, you can't be in the Rumble, or would you have them go yeah, in and do you, both? You, you won't. You wouldn't I be in the Rumble. Say that they can't be in the Rumble, but I would have them on the Rumble card in a singles match versus somebody else. Okay. okay. As like a middle feud. Because I was gonna okay. Because I was gonna say like, remember when uh, when Piper beat the Mountie for the IC strap and then he wrestled when? Remember when they had the world title uh, up up for uh, grabs in '92 and when Flair won? Well. Theoretically, Piper could have had both yeah. belts, right? So do you? Yeah. So you don't do something like that. You okay? I got you. Yeah, like, yeah. If somebody's like, "Hey, why don't you do this?" Mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Oh," yeah. and freeze up because yeah. that's the end game. But I don't yeah. want to do it right away because you want to save that. Yeah. You know, well, another thing too, I just thought of too with with that idea is you can always have the King of the Ring screw over somebody so he gets the face who he would like Especially in the Rumble. Yeah, so like a Samoa Joe goes and he gets somebody eliminated or he eliminates somebody or whatever, and that way he, he faces somebody that he prefers who thinks gonna, he's yeah. going to be easier. Yeah. No, that, that'd be – man, we should be booking right now. 
This should be that man. That was fun. This should turn <laughs> into a whatever the three of us get together. It should be a fantasy booking podcast. Oh my god, that that yeah for sure. I'm down. <laughs> you know I, I, I fantasy book all day. Oh, I, we all we all do. How are you not like I haven't like watched in like an episode like a full episode of wrestling in like, that'd a while, work. And that, I, that that'd yeah. be awesome then because you could if you had some backstory yeah. on what was going on actually you could rewrite it and make it like you would want to watch it. Well, that's the thing. I find that they're missing that today. Um, unless unless they've there's been some resurgence in, during me not watching it, but they they well, don't seem to have too like many. When did yeah. you when did you stop watching again? Like regular, like oh, regularly, uh, twenty fifth, fourteen or fifteen, I would say. Yeah, the Roman era. Yeah, the Roman era is really what solidified. Like I was, wa- like I stopped watching for a bit, but like when when Punk was on top, I was like, okay, you know. But then, yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I had a little break. It wasn't on purpose that I stopped watching wrestling, but I missed most of that stuff, and I had to go back and watch it. Like yeah. I stopped after the first cancellation of WWCW. Yep. Like, with the last WrestleMania I watched before I got into wrestling again was the Trump v. McMahon Battle of the Billionaires. Oh, that was silly. Yeah. Stopped watching wrestling yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a choice. It was just, I just stopped. Yeah. Something else took over, came up. Yeah. And then I got yeah. back into it about the fall of CM Punk as he was on his way out. Yeah. And I've been, I don't know how I've stayed in. Yeah. Maybe it's this fantasy booking in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it just I find it it frustrates me more cuz like I, I you know I'd like to think that like when when you fantasy book you don't want it to be like too unrealistic. You want to make it seem like it's within the confines of what they have too. But you also want to make it so like it's like it makes it makes things better. And yeah, and you want to make it better, but then when they don't do it, you're like, you get so frustrated. You're like, no, this would have been better. It's common sense. What are you doing? And then, oh man, I was freaking out this year because I'm like, watch, they're gonna call it Balor in the Bank. It's gonna be Balor in the Bank. It's gonna be Balor Monster in the Bank. What? <laughs> <laughs> the odd time that they do go with the idea. Oh my God, they're listening, and it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I remember this one time when I was like fucking twelve or something, and it was just when Sheamus and Christian. We're mm-hmm. as it were a tag team. And then Michael Cole goes, "Hey guys, tweet us your names for what you think they should be called." Mm. My ass, my twelve-year-old ass decides, "Ah, Celtic Charisma," you know, because Celtic Warrior, Captain Charisma. Fuck it. First tweet that he reads out, I marked out heavy. He goes, Ke- he goes, Celtic Charisma from, <laughs> from I can't remember what the fuck my Twitter handle yeah, was yeah. when I was twelve. But love it. Yeah, love it. I like I like both of those guys actually. I think Cesaro and Sheamus are fun together. There's so, Cesaro's great. Yeah, man. That's actually you know what? If if I were to if I were to tweak, I, I like I like your King of the Ring brackets. But if I were to make one substitution, I'd have Cesaro in in the King of the Ring. I think I think he, I think I think a King Cesaro would be fantastic. Or even just going somewhere like into the, at least the semis. See, that's the problem because when I fantasy book, Cesaro has gold. <laughs> that's there you go. That's U- perfect. U.S. champ yeah. Cesaro. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is, is that's just drilled into the back of my mind. Yeah. So I wasn't even thinking about putting him in there, which that's yeah, fair. Cesaro, King Cesaro is yeah. a good. And you could have him like Superman too. That's now would you go me. would you go with um would you go with like a full on English style king or would you go sort of like a Julius Cesaro kind of thing? Like an emperor? A yeah. Julius Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> Cesaro salad? Yeah. Cesaro. <laughs> a good question um yeah i would do like 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 a uh like a regular monarchy like a english or spanish or dutch monarchy type deal yeah because he won king of the ring he's like 
I'm not the king. I'm the emperor or something like that. That's true. You know. And although it, it's ironic because if you had a King Cesaro, I mean, Switzerland, uh, if you if you were to tell mm-hmm. the average Swiss person about monarchy, they'd probably look at you like you had like seven heads. Nuts. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll try we'll try and keep politics out of this as much <laughs> as we can, I guess. But uh, wrestling with political ideas. Could you imagine? Uh, no, that would be uh, no. I think a King Cesaro would be really good. But no, I don't know. I just do like the regular crown and scepter. But the emperor idea, I can see. I, I almost feel like the emperor thing. Remember when they did that in 93? When uh, Yokozuna won uh, the Royal Rumble and they had Julius Caesar and Cleopatra, people portraying them as like, oh, you, you've won. You could do that with the yeah. Royal Rumble when it might be a little bit hokey. And then they brought it to and then they brought it to WrestleMania nine at the Caesar's Palace. Yes, and he had Howard Finkel as Finkus Max. They they all yeah they were all dressed up as yeah you're right. I can't remember what year it was. Bobby Heenan. Bill hit Bill Clinton. Remember that fake Bill Clinton? In yeah that wasn't yeah that was the Survivor Series ninety ninety three. They've done hokey stuff like that. Hey, maybe if a U.S. person wins it, a person from the United States, they could be the president of the ring. Oh, that would be a funny little. Uh, that'd be a good way to bring Barrett back. Owens went back to his American gimmick. Yeah. And he was the president of the ring, and he wasn't even from the. Yeah, state. to heck with your royalty. Yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be a good way for Jerry Lawler to maybe get someone over, manage somebody. He yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Damn, we should next 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 show. We're we're just we're coming doing, straight yep. fantasy fantasy yep. booking. Sounds good. So. so, so. <laughs> We need to come up with a name for it then, the three of us. Wrestling with it. No. <laughs> uh, well, well, that does sound like the name of a fantasy I booking show. It. Don't worry, guys. I got it. It's what are you called hitting the books with Rossi, Skews, and Scully. There you go. Hitting You're the booking books. booking it, pal. That's right. We're bookers. We're not writers. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, that's my summation is out of 10, I give this pay-per-view a 9. Ooh. Yeah. 1993 King of the Ring. Just so we're not thinking about this King of the Ring that hasn't even happened or will ever happen. <laughs> 1993 King of the Ring gets a nine from Marco Scully. What do you say? I'll go with a nine as well. I, I, I don't want to be controversial with my eight and a half, so I will change it to nine, but I was originally thinking eight and a half. How come you were thinking eight and a half? I was thinking eight and a half just because of the, uh, the Duggan match. Because the Duggan match, see the for Duggan me, match and the eight-man tag match were kind of the stingers and drew it down a little bit. Okay, not not, not to say that it wasn't a great pay-per-view. Okay, for see for me, it was the perfect Hughes one that kind of stunk up the joint. Yeah, I was never a big Mister Hughes fan. <laughs> He's kind of the precursor to Ahmed Johnson, if you think about it. Uh, Arguably. Arguably. Ahmed Johnson had more agility. <laughs> he just, he <laughs> just, you know, he just couldn't. Which is saying something yeah. for Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know if they're comparable. I to me, Mister Hughes. Eh, I don't know. I, I was gonna say Big Bubba, but again, Big Boss Man was really agile, especially when he leaned out a bit. I don't know who he's comparable to right now. But anyway, yeah, okay, eight and a half or nine, I can deal with that. Yeah, for sure. And so with yeah, nines all around. Yay! Yeah, it's not like we're uh, pulling a. Uh, oh shit! Who was it? They would have his wife put up the ten. You mean Ty Dillinger? No, 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 yeah. no. In, in WCW, there was the thing with Johnny B. Bad and this guy, and his wife. Like they had the they had the uh, match for her. Kimberly, yeah. uh, it was DDP. Yeah, it was the yeah because she was also the, the she was the, the diamond, diamond doll, doll and she was also Johnny B. Bad's valet. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dave, I remember that Dave, Dave Sullivan, if he beats the guy with the rabbit there, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if he beats uh, DDP, he gets a date with Kimberly, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Ah, uh, good times. WCW. Yeah. But to, but to not end uh, end it on a WCW note, uh, King of the Ring, they need to bring it back, and that's why I chose this. Yeah. It would be a, a great summer pay-per-view. I don't think it would dilute from SummerSlam at all. You can help build for SummerSlam, as Hart and Lawler showed. And at SummerSlam, you have the king of the wrestling company. Right. Right? And that's if that's not a factor that drill, drills in a crowd, or yeah. a small crowd anyways, it's like, hey, the king of WWE is going to be there. Bingo. That's it. Right. And with that, we bring an end to, well, it's not even wrestling with old school ideas anymore. This is the debut episode now of Hitting the Books <laughs> with Ross, Rossi, Skews, and Scully. Thank you guys for listening. And you will be listening on when uh, Wrestling with Ideas moves from Podbean to Anchor FM. This is the debut episode of Wrestling with Ideas on Anchor FM. Thank you guys for listening. As always, have a good one. Stop recording, David.